Well, fellas, summer's over. Oh. Yeah, time to put away your beach bods. Oh. Dress in layers. All right. And add socks to those sandals, Steve. Oh. But I uh, want everyone to see my toenails. <laughs> you want Dave to see your toenails. You look like he could climb trees with those things. <laughs> I, I would be able to if I were coordinated. The proper term is tailing. Um... <laughs> the days are shorter, your ache is longer. Yeah, that's true. And the only redeeming notion in this hopeless world is that you're one season closer to death. <laughs> Speaking of death, Thanksgiving has come again. <laughs> yes, the holiday no one really likes. The only thing people actually enjoy, the food, you could make any other day of the year. It's totally pointless and arbitrary date to eat. And then what? Maybe you enjoy getting together with family. Well, then stop fucking lying to yourself and uh, just hang out with them any other day of the year. I think that we should plan a Thanksgiving in February to test Hunter's theory because I'm I busy. Think I think, sorry, I think busy. you're a little off your rocker there, buddy. <laughs> uh, no real difference between flat earthers and uh, Hunter's um, Thanksgiving can be any dayers I think group Hallmark, over there. I think Hallmark would agree with your idea of putting more holidays <laughs> throughout the calendar year. Fe- I mean... It, the interesting thing about putting Thanksgiving any day is that Thanksgiving as it is is a terrible holiday to travel on, but I also do think it's a terrific idea to have just an appointed day to get a bunch of people together to roast and devour a large bird. And that could be any day. Appointed on a different day that's easier to travel. Mm-hmm. I'm just thankful to have four days off in a row. Jeez, Dave, you're down again. I haven't seen my house in daylight in three weeks. Oh, God. Okay. Sunsets at 4 o'clock, Dave. Yeah, but it also rises early. But I've been, eh. Anyway. It's not but about you. rising earlier. It's about Thanksgiving, Dave. Let's talk about it some more. So what exactly are we doing here? Are we celebrating pilgrims? No, they're assholes. Native Americans? Oh, sure. America's first foray, foray into genocide. Great. That sounds like fun. The Harvest? Okay, there might be something there. If we actually were a a agrarian society, I hate saying that word. Instead, we are just a collection of factory farms specifically designed to find a balance between shoving sugar and fat into you while keeping you just enough alive to maximize profits. Yeah! At this point, taking the drive-thru at McDonald's for four-quarter pounders, a.k.a. the pounder, would be far more apropos to the American experience than celebrating a cornucopia of earthly bounties. Is this Face-Off 2 starring Hunter and Steve? I hope so. It, it, it does strike me funny that Americans have a harvest-related festival, even though at least half of our population thinks that only sissies eat fruits and vegetables. Yeah. We're not sissies. We're listening to the damn Yankees. That's <laughs> goddamn right. I dressed up like a fruit and a vegetable with my friend Dave once. We almost got suspended. <laughs> which you were wait, 35. Which, <laughs> which fruit and vegetable was it? Uh, well, I was a fruit pushing him in a wheelchair, and he was the vegetable. <laughs> uh, gotcha. Gotcha. Oh, you'll never run for Senate. At least not as a Democrat. <laughs> no, but I'd have a real good chance as a Republican. So here we are. With that said, and why, well, Thanksgiving, like the supergroup, always seems like a good idea in theory, but when it's over, it's just tiring, unfulfilling, and soulless expi- and a soulless expi- expedition into manufactured nostalgia. And wouldn't it be cools? Sure, there's some good ones, like the time Uncle Ralph got second-degree burns trying to fry a turkey on his gradually sloping driveway. (laughs) Or the time we got damn Yankees. Yeah. Yeah. There's a real creepy Republican in that band, too. Ah, 
Hey, lay off jackblades. Uh, but most <laughs> let's, times... Let's lay off all of Night Ranger, just like the listening audience. <laughs> but most times, it's just a bad idea concocted during a moment of weakness, whether it's brought on by hunger, alcohol, lack of sleep, or emotional and financial desperation. It's an idea that only looks good in a stupor. So let's take a journey into another disappointing Thanksgiving, captained by some of our most confusing and terrible collaborations of our time with a very stupor group Thanksgiving. All right. Beyond Yacht Rock. This is the Beyond Yacht Rock podcast. We make up musical genres. We count down the songs in that genre from 10 to 1 because uh, everybody loves countdown shows. My name is J.D. Riznar. My name is Hollywood Steve Huey. Dave. Hunter. And because we are the guys who created the term Yacht Rock that you now get shoved down your throats daily and you all hate it except for a few of you who love Yacht Rock and so we like to throw a bone to the genre every week. Dave, what are we listening to? What, are, what is this here? Hi, my name is David B. Lyons. I like Toto. This is a song by Toto. Did I ever tell you about the time I shit all over a Toto toilet? My ass was like a stuck nozzle on a garden hose. The more I tried to stop, the more water spray went everywhere. Within seconds, the back of the toilet looked like the freckles on Morgan Freeman's cheeks. I lost five pounds in one sitting. Have you ever seen a toilet filled to the brim with poop? This, was, this one was like a boiling mug of hot chocolate, except instead of chocolate, it was poop from inside my butt. I don't know why it was boiling. That part still remains a mystery. All I know is that I never should have eaten that white turd I found on my driveway. I knew it was a mistake at the time, but I thought, what the hell? If it ain't white, it ain't right. Speaking of shitting, I enjoy sitting on that Toto so much, when I was shopping for a motorcycle, I decided to go for a scooter instead. That way, it looks and feels like I'm sitting on the toilet while driving down that lonesome highway. The wind beneath my balls, it's like flying. Flying on a big espresso-colored toilet. I highly recommend it. Big fan of Toto, though. All right, Dave, I don't know what that was, but... Um, <laughs> you, I don't know what I just listened to. This song, this song is called Dave Alone. Dave likes to tell stories about his I, uh, life. Guys, I don't remember writing that. Well, this is listen, this song is by Toto, Dave, and yes, but this is Alone. This is a song they released, like, last week. It was on the script and it had my initials in front of it, so I assumed it was wow. for me to read. Yeah, well... It was there this morning. Yeah. Huh. Um, I don't know where that came from, but weird. Toto, this is uh, this is a new Toto song. I don't think it's Yacht Rock. It's not bad. It's called Alone. Go buy it <laughs> from Toto.com or wherever music is sold these days. Just <laughs> listen to it on Spotify. They'll get a couple cents. Yeah. All right. Um, you got a real bone throw, though, right? Yeah. Oh. Oh. Yeah. Here that's we more go. Like it? Yeah. Yeah. It's my second bone throw of the night. <laughs> it's called Shitty I Gotta Try by Michael Tickdonald. <laughs> This, you know, I wish I would have saved Jar for this one, uh, since it's a Stupor Group episode, <laughs> but I, I burned that one early. I don't think there's anything super about getting Randy Goodrum. Yeah, I was going to say, Randy, Randy Goodrum is so happy right now. <laughs> uh, okay, so uh, this is Somebody Took My Love by Kenny Rogers from the album What About Me? <laughs> and I can only assume the album's title came from uh, all the times he wasn't asked to be in a stupor group. But I think this song can put Kenny on the boat for the third time. 1984, a little bit of a crossfire, a lot of doobie bouncing there, and of course, personnel. 
<laughs> you just say stuff. Yeah. <laughs> it's okay. It no, works I, for him. No, I went back and read stuff. I like stuff your that, first story better. Yeah, I, I went <laughs> that back, was more enlightening. I went back and read what other sp- stuff people said about Yacht Rock, and I worked it into mine. See, the, the, I like that Dave says anything that doesn't make any sense in context of the song, because then more of our, our, our more layman audience who doesn't really who likes the banter but doesn't really like the music go, oh, I can, I can understand yeah, this music, too. I can too. get it, too. I get it, too. All right. Well, let me talk about the personnel. Please do. This one was written by David Pomerantz, whom we've talked about him before, and Richard Marks. Now, as... God damn it, Hunter. I didn't do it. Now, as you dudes know, I'm a bit of a Marxist. Oh, yeah. That's, uh, I think we all are yeah, in here. Yeah, that's what us Richard Marx fans call each other. <laughs> rule one of Marxism, hold on to the night. Second rule of Marxism, that's right, hang on to the memories. Third rule, <laughs> fuck you, Richard Marx rules. But it doesn't stop there. Bass, Neil Steubenhaus, guitar, Michael Landau, and just to rub it in your goddamn face, produced by David Foster. That's pretty obvious. This is peak David Foster transitioning from Yacht Rock to Schmaltz. Yeah. And to get back uh, to Richard Marks, you know, he's got a, he's either touring or has a residency with um, with uh, Rick Springfield right now. And there's a which, poster. Which, which mall? <laughs> exactly. Residency. But there's a poster of the two of them together, and they look like the same guy. Yeah. They look like the same guy. They both had, they had the same plastic surgeon, and yeah, they sort they, of like yeah, they, they worked their way into being the same guy. They both have the same injectionist. Yeah. <laughs> now, now let's talk about the lyrics. This is a fool that's lost his love. Kind of like how my buddy felt when his scooter was stolen. Oh, no. He just Not re- your buddy. Yeah, he just reached over one morning, it was gone. <laughs> Luckily, my buddy fared better than the character in this song. Turns out he got really drunk and changed it to a light post a few blocks from his apartment. And even more luckily, he had bought it stolen, so there was no vehicle identification number or a license plate on it, so he didn't even get a ticket. It was actually his future wife that found it. Happy ending to that story, he was recently named the new music booker on uh, The Conan Show. Unfortunately, the guy in this song probably just got some really awful plastic surgery and is working on his fifth divorce. I'll tell you, he's what, Kenny Rogers is one black dye job away and a beard uh, shave away from looking just like Richard Marks and, yeah. and Rick Springfield. He can join that tour and fit right in. Maybe that's a, a genre we should focus on. Yeah. Uh, pull, pull the gentleman. <laughs> um, <laughs> Stretched. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you ready to talk about stupor groups? Nope. Well, let's do it anyways. Yeah! Here we go. So what's a stupor group? It's a, it's a bad idea super group. And why is it a bad idea? Well, that comes in many forms. One, no, no one really gives a shit who these guys are. Like, uh, a lot of them are third or fourth most popular members of the original <laughs> band. <laughs> Depending on how many people were in the band, three or four. Or, maybe, or, or yeah, they, most of them are in three pieces or four pieces. Uh, or they're in a band nobody cares about, and they're the most popular person in that band, and at the same time not popular. Uh, or they maybe they just don't mix, which, uh, you know, might be a good thing. Like, they, they come from wacky, diverse backgrounds and they get together. But in the end, it just doesn't work. Or sometimes they mix a little too well, and often they just phone it in. Since, hey, we're all good, right? We're geniuses around here. We'll show up tomorrow, we'll put a little jizz on a piece of paper, and we'll fucking slap a bass, and let's go! Right? Mm-hmm. That's how they do it. 
In any case, they make music that is stupid and unsuccessful. Uh, a little bit like Chicken Foot. Yeah. You hear these guys? Holy oh, shit, it's Chicken Foot. We finally got Chicken Foot on the show. Yeah. We're talking about fucking Chicken Foot for like a year and a half. Yeah. One might argue that they are the greatest band of our time. One being the keyword. One. Another would say, but what of Anne Murray? Well, certainly, tis a poetic phrasing. And yet another would say their music is paint-by-numbers buffoonery peppered in with what, what one used to consider rock and roll. Uh, I mean, these guys check a lot of the boxes. Maybe all the boxes. Half of the band is at best thirdsies, probably fourthsies, with uh, Michael Anthony from uh, Van Halen and Chad Smith from the Red Hot Chili Peppers. The other half of Sammy Hagar and Joe Satriani, they should be killer, but they just sort of happen. They're just like, meh. Their music is dumb. This song, Get, is, get, it, get it Up, is about what exactly? Sex? Excitement over partying? Then why the fuck does Sammy shout, we gotta change the way we think about it? <laughs> Wait, you gotta hear this part. Hold on, hold on. Listen to this part, everybody. You gotta home. change the world. Listen, listen to this. Listen to this. They just I mean, throw it in. Yeah, it's, 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 you have no idea what they're saying the whole song. Just Sammy going, and then all of a sudden, like, we got to change the world. That was that was the part where they got to Sammy's jizz on it's the paper. Clear <laughs> message of hope and healing out of the mess. He's like, oh, that's the we got to change the world part. Okay, let's get that in there. Uh, it's funny because you have no yeah. Wait, you, I'm reading your part, Dave. Oh, I uh, ran into Chad Harris in a hotel lobby in Frisco. Who's Chad Harris? Chad Harris? What did I did I write? Chad Harris? Yeah. Oh, Chad Smith. Who's the fucking uh, drummer? Chad Smith. Yeah. Wait, Chad did Smith. you meet him in a hotel lobby masturbating with a magazine? Wait, I thought it. I thought you were really gonna tell me about Chad Harris. I don't know who Chad Harris is. <laughs> okay. Well then, continue. I'm damn near delusional. Do you hear my scooter story up top? <laughs> I remember writing that. <laughs> so Chad Smith's in this hotel lobby, uh, 10 a.m. Hat backwards, can of beer in his hand. I. Nudged my wife. I was like, "Hey, I think that's <laughs> Chad from Ticket Fight. I think that's Chad Harris." My wife says, "Who's Chad Harris?" And I said, "I mean Chad Smith." And I walked up to him. I was like, "Hey, man, Chicken Foot." He just looked at me, nodded his head, and said, "Right on." <laughs> <laughs> that, that, and then that, later on that day, he was like, "Guys, guys, I just got recognized from Chicken Foot. Can you believe that?" <laughs> no, it, it actually was Chad Harris. It had nothing to do with Chicken Foot, but he was a fan. It probably yeah. went more like this: Sammy Hagar's office. Hey, it's Chad Smith. Can I talk to Sammy? Uh, he's not available right now. Would you like to give him a message? Uh, I mean, I want to talk to him. It's important. Uh, do you have a message for Sammy? Okay, somebody like Chicken Foot today. Okay, let him know. Probably went more like that. Yeah. Uh, and we should talk about what the. Do you, you, do you go into this one already? Yeah, I'm probably going to go into it. Why don't you give me some time? All right. So why didn't Chicken Foot make today's countdown? Well, they kind of inspired the genre, if you think about it, I would think. Well, they're a little late to the game, but they they retroactively very inspiring to everybody who thought it was a good idea. <laughs> uh, Chicken Foot, who should be a stupid group, had a hit album. They went to number four on the Billboard 200 wow. and was the number one hard rock album in these low stakes days during the death of rock and roll. <laughs> <laughs> you see, stupor groups, if there is a tangible statistic for identifying them, well, they had one terrible studio album. Then everyone woke up and said, 
Uh, maybe that was a bad idea. Uh, one album. Chicken Foot has two albums. The second, of course, titled Chicken Foot 3. <laughs> one, of the, one of the best ideas Sammy Hagar ever had. That's how he wants to change the world. He wants to skip yeah. the number two. Let's get rid of the number two. We got to change the way we think about yeah. it. Yeah. That was the they, they played a show. Imagine the... there's no twos. <laughs> you know, I'm going to tell you exactly why. they. I, 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 I don't know this is true, but I know this is true. They were trying to break the sophomore jinx. Oh, okay. I guarantee fucking to you. That's why they named it Chicken Foot 3. Anyways. Um, well, I, listen, I think this is a great matchup. I think Thanksgiving is a great metaphor for stupor groups because no one asked or wants Chicken Foot, yet you're forced <laughs> to coexist with it, like the Indians having to deal with the pilgrims. The Indians wanted just to be awesome spiritual people who truly respected and treasured their time on Earth and the gorgeous land that they called home. Then the pilgrims, who had heard about this dude Jesus from a book and wanted to be free to live a life of misunderstanding his teachings, came and moraled all over the natives' gorgeous lands. Basically, the Indians never wanted uh, their corn turned into pudding. The pilgrims never wanted corn in their pudding. Yet there they both were, enduring it. Happy Thanksgiving, everyone. Yeah, uh... Anyways, get it up, everybody. We're taking a trip for Thanksgiving. Yeah, that's the spirit. It's going to be the best tea day ever. That's a terrible holiday to take a trip. Too short. Everyone travels the same days. Well, tough shit. It's Hunter's theme. We're taking a trip. Hunter's telling a story. Number 10. I got a story about a chicken foot concert. Letting out. I was sitting in my friend's front yard in Los Feliz, and just all these fucking fat drunk guys came stumbling down the hill in a wave with other people's piss on their pants. It's one of the most horrible things I've ever seen in my life. Chicken foot. <laughs> they're, uh, they're, 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 chicken foot is a peace symbol. That's where that comes from. Um, so fucking stupid. No, it's chicken foot is actually a game of uh, dominoes. Anyway, what's what's going on There's here? It's a chicken foot on the shirt. Yeah, I know that's their logo. Piece. But I'm starting to think that Dave likes chicken secretly likes chicken foot as much as he secretly likes Jimmy Buffett the way that he keeps talking about wait it. Wait a minute, wait, wait. All that's right. that's not true. <laughs> Alright. It's I like Jimmy Buffett way more. <laughs> Okay. Hey, this song kind of sounds pretty sweet. Well, let's 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 almost talk about it here. All right, everybody, picture this: it's Halloween. You didn't dress up because you didn't have time due to your hectic cosplay schedule. Oh, that's what Hunter and Courtney do in their spare time. That's you what owe it me is. five dollars. God damn it! That my my hand was on uh, rituals. <laughs> no, that was me making fun of how Halloween is doesn't mean anything because everybody just cosplays all the time. Just sure. like you could do with Thanksgiving. Sure. Okay. Uh, you get a call from your mom to wish you a happy Halloween. Why? Who the fuck knows? It's Halloween. But the truth is revealed that she wants to know if you're coming home for Thanksgiving. Because she needs a, she needs to plan a menu and go shopping. You remind her it's like a, a month away. Nevertheless, she persisted. In the back of your mind, you say, wouldn't it be nice to stay home this year? Maybe invite some friends over and bring, and everyone brings a dish? Or fuck, just... Buy one from one of the many capable restaurants, or just do none of that and stay home with a couple of pounders and relax. (laughs) That is what pounders do to you, I guess. Uh, You only have two days off of work. Why subject yourself to that travel schedule? So you muster up the courage and tell her, I will be there. Which is coincidentally the name of the song by Gog Magog from their 1985 EP titled, I Will Be There. 
Such a good name. It's <laughs> a really good name. Uh, Gog Magog is Paul Deano. De Paul Deano. Deano. And Clive Burton. Uh, Burr, Burr, excuse me. Clive Burr from You're Iron Maiden, who were both replaced by superior, the superior Bruce Dickinson and Nico McBrain, respectively. Yeah. Uh, you have Yannick Gers from the metal band White Spirit and Ian Gillian's band Gillian. <laughs> uh, there's Def Leppard. Yeah, Def Leppard guitarist Pete Willis, who was fired right before the release of Pyromania. And rounding out the group is Neil Murray on bass, who, like most of the UK, was at one time a member of Whitesnake. <laughs> I like these, uh, these, uh, we'll show them stupor groups. Like, huffy fired musicians trying to make a point by failing wildly. Yeah. Yannick Garris eventually showed everybody by getting to join Iron Maiden, like, around 1990 or so. <laughs> oh, well, there and you that's, go. That's fucking awesome, <laughs> to be in a band with two guys that got fired from Iron Maiden. And then take hey join Iron Maiden. Guys, I'm not going to be in uh, Gog Magog anymore. They asked me to be in Iron Maiden. It's like Alfonso Ribisi. Hey, Alfonso Ribeiro calling up his mom. I, I, guess what? I host America's Funniest Home Videos. I got the gig. <laughs> uh, uh, here's a fun fact. Deano, Deino. Diano. Diano, Diano said the band originally was going to have David Coverdale, John Atwistle, <laughs> and Cozy Powell from Rainbow, but that it just didn't work out because nobody was interested. Also, he states he only did it for the money. Weird. Nevertheless, <laughs> the EP failed. A little fun fact for you kids at home this podcast was supposed to be Mark Marin, the Sklar Brothers, and Sarah Koenig, but it didn't work out because we didn't call any of them. <laughs> it just didn't, it work, didn't out. work out. Uh, I think this song was supposed to be part of a rock opera that just didn't go anywhere. <laughs> I, this song is way better than I was expecting, honestly. I don't know what you guys are talking about. I mean, it's, it's a lame song title for a band that named itself after monsters from the Book of Revelation. But it, it, this song rose far above my low expectations. I, I did listen on YouTube. Um, that was a part of another song they did called Living in a Fucking Time Warp. That's the real title. <laughs> Uh, it's a much better title, but it sucks, and it's just a ripoff of the riff from Sweet Jane, unfortunately. I think kind of the gist of this is the song gets shittier as we get down closer to number one, right? Not really. Okay. They're all pretty shitty. I mean, that's that's not that good of a song. I mean, you can... No, but it's like, it's like acceptable, like, second or third tier new wave of British heavy metal yeah, stuff. Yeah, and compared to the other things we're going to hear today, I think it's okay. <laughs> but that was live the, the lead singer didn't, didn't shout in the middle, Children are hungry in the streets! But remember, we gotta feed them! But remember, Steve... We gotta look at things in a different way. These are supposed to be super, and they're and I don't think you can say any of these are super. Oh no, definitely not. A middle, I'm just saying a middling my new wave. <laughs> my expectations are so low that the this group cleared that bar with with room to spare. Well, Steve is right on the trolley for the stupers. <laughs> oh, yeah. Number nine. Hello? Hey, it's not all bad though, right? The plane ride sucked, but you're home. It's always good to be home, right? Even though you made it a point to leave, selective nostalgia comes flooding back, and you think, man, it's good to be back in my hometown, which is coincidentally the name of this song from, by Hassess from their 1984 <laughs> album, Through the Fire. Uh, one of the hallmarks of a stupor group is a dumb name. Yeah. Uh, I mean, with the exception of Gog Magog. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's awesome. Uh, uh, Iron Maiden just one up them and did Revelations. Uh, 
This this dumb name comes in the form of Hesses, an abbreviated form of Hagar Sean Aronson Shreve. I assume placed in order of importance because you could have had you could have spelled something much better. Sash, H S. Yeah. 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 Hass. Hass. It's a popular variety of avocado. Oh, yeah. Yeah, these are California boys, or kind of two of them. The most important ones are. Uh, I feel did did this four this four person thi- like stupor group thing. I feel like that might have been started by Anderson, Bruford, Wakeman, and Howe, but I think they came after this. So it's I'm learning my history of four person group. I know there was like. There was CSNY, but that at least sounds like an institute of higher learning in New York. <laughs> it really does. See, the, the so H SAS is uh, Hassas. Hassas is a, yeah. It's of course Sammy Hagar. You know, Sammy yeah, Hagar. Of, co- of course, it. Sammy Hagar was yeah. in multiple projects like this, and he's like, I'm first. And then Neil Sean of Journey. I'm surprised he didn't say he was first. I'm sure he did. Yeah. Well. Uh, Neil Schoen would eventually go on to replace Joe Satriani in Chicken Foot. Oh. <laughs> uh, was that on Chicken Foot 3? Uh, that might be the upcoming Chicken Foot 7. Uh. <laughs> uh, we, so we have uh, bassist Kenny Aronson, who was in a bunch of bands. Most interesting, uh, he was in Stories, who has a hit with their cover of uh, Brother Louie. Uh, and finally, we have uh, the second S, drummer Michael Shreve from Santana. Fuck you, Michael Shreve. You're last. Uh, as you can hear, this is technically a live album, if you listen a little more closely. Uh, it, live album recorded uh, through a bunch of dates in November 1983, uh, but they did their best to remove the crowd noise in the studio and overdub the guitars. Uh, also, you know, if you think about it, this is really the beginning of Chickenfoot, as uh, his ass would evolve <laughs> to become the group Planet Us, oh. which included Michael Anthony and Sean and, and um, Sammy Hagar, and then, of course, dropping the Sean to become Chickenfoot, I and mean, apparently bringing him back yeah. aboard. So, uh, rock history here, I'd have mm-hmm. to say. Yeah. I mean, it all really does lead right up to Chickenfoot. Um so in an interview supporting the Chickenfoot 3 album, Sammy Hagar uh, threw the rest of ass under the bus to argue about how great Chickenfoot is. He said, it didn't have chemistry. <laughs> it's not about who's better and who's worse. I love Neil. We were great friends, and he's just a fantastic guitarist, and he's got music flowing through him like saliva out of your mouth. Gross. But the chemistry, it just wasn't the same as me and Joe. And Kenny Aronson and Michael Shreve, they just didn't have the same chemistry as Mike and Chad. Sounds like Thanksgiving dinner over there at the Hassas house, huh? Yeah. Fucking Mike Hassassi. and Chad. I, I, I want to I wanna challenge you guys to find a Sammy Hagar project that not even you will be apologists for. But this again, this is better than I was expecting. And it's also kind of fun to hear Neil Sean do, some, do a little shredding in a, in a live setting. Number eight. Oh, yes. Okay. Okay. (laughs) I remember this one. Okay, so you get home, talk to the family, and think, oh, yeah, now I remember why I left. But what of my friends? (laughs) And what of Anne Margaret? Murray. (laughs) (laughs) What of Anne Murray, too? Tell you about Anne Margaret. Fox. Yeah. Until the end. Hachi Machi. I used to have friends, right? Yeah, I'd, I'd stop by by that for a cool one. So, but what of your friends? I used to have friends, right? 
Maybe I'll give them a call. It's the biggest bar night of the year for a reason. Everyone wants to get together and party like they used to. This hometown, you gotta take it back. Which coincidentally is the name of the song by Damnocracy from their 2006 incomplete demos released on MySpace. <laughs> Who knows when? <laughs> Damnocracy was a stupid, uh, stupid decision by the VH1 execs of the time who stupidly thought that, hey, maybe we should do a, re uh, a reality show related to music. Since we used to play music and only do reality shows now, why not combine them, you know? Hey, let's do a show about a supergroup in a real-world situation called Supergroup. It's genius. Uh, but what they got was another poor decision and a supergroup. <laughs> uh, Damnocracy is Sebastian Bach, Ted Nugent, Scott Ian of Anthrax, Evan Seinfeld of uh, Biohazard, and uh, Jason Bonham of John Bonham's Balls. Yeah. yeah. Good uh, band. Yeah. They formed over a harrowing 12-day experience, mostly remembered for choosing the name, which I believe, I've done this before, but I'm going to do it again, went through Savage Animal, because uh, Bach thinks rock is a savage animal. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, Celebutard, Raw Dog, God War, Raw Dog is in reverse, that's God War. Uh, <laughs> oh, wait, they wrote Raw Dog on the board, or God War on the board, and they're like, let's mix it up. No, no they wrote Raw Dog. And then they're like, and then went to. Wow. Man, just the, the fucking battle of wits in that room. Well, yeah. The next the next one they came up with was hunting deer with a bow and arrow. Oh, that was. <laughs> yeah, guess who suggested Scott, that one? Scott Ian. Yeah. Flavor Flav. He uh, came in a cameo. Yeah, this is a crossover episode. Yeah. And then uh, Fist, because they were like five fingers coming together over 12 days. And then finally, Damnocracy, because that's how they decided on the name, like a goddamn democracy. Uh, it's really incredible how terrible some of these stupid groups can be by their very nature. Because, I mean, it's like you said, they're formed cynically, and they have no hunger, and they feel creatively invincible from all their previous successes. They're not even trying. None of these groups really are. Uh, they just look around and go, look who we are, and then they jam and expect gold. It's like the least effective turkey cooking method that I've ever tried. Where I bought the most expensive turkey I could find at the store. I slathered it in premium virgin olive oil. I stuffed it with Russian beluga caviar and then left it in the sun waiting for it to cook. It tasted bad. <laughs> oh. It's like that uh, white turd day day. Yeah. Taste what? Wait, did it taste bad? I'm assuming. You know, I, I, did, uh, I did shove a dog turd in my mouth when I was a little kid. Because I thought it was a pretzel. That's why I still don't like pretzels. <laughs> but you love dog turds. It's weird. Yeah. <laughs> Go figure. And, and that white one, uh, and the aged ones, they don't... Uh, it's a little chalky. Uh, this song was their only original song and was never released. But you can find the clip of them playing it live on YouTube in which Sebastian Box, because, you know, it's a reality show. And so they have to cut in with interviews. And Sebastian Box states... That take it back is their defining moment, and that's what will last when they're gone. Take it back. It was all worth it, because it take it back. Yes, this incomplete demo that cuts off during Nuja's solo, <laughs> that's what they're going to be remembered for. And thank God it cuts off during his solo. I have no idea 
how Ted Nugent came to be considered a guitar hero. I don't think I've ever talked about this on the show before, but when I took guitar lessons back in high school, my teacher insisted on showing me Stranglehold because people in a bar would just go fucking ape shit. You could play that whole big long thing. You're in so the he, wrong bar. He wrote out all the licks. Well, it, it was in Michigan. It was in Michigan. No, I'm saying you were in the wrong bar. <laughs> I wasn't in a bar. It was like, if you're going to play guitar and you want to go play it in a bar, you got to learn Stranglehold. Yeah, I, I, I followed. Okay. I didn't know what you were getting at. I didn't follow what you were saying. I'm very tired. Okay. He's eating a lot of dog turds. <laughs> well, not today. It's extremely tired. But they add up over yeah, time. today. You know? Anyway, so my guitar teacher wrote out all the, all the Stranglehold licks on some tablature. I got it home. There was literally nothing there I could not play on the second or third try. There was no point trying to string it all together and memorize it because it was boring. It's like a tiny notch above Nigel Tufnell level soloing. And that's my Ted Nugent story. I just want to say that's my favorite humble brag of all time. <laughs> that I, it just took me a couple tries to learn Stranglehold. Yeah, but I'm a shitty guitar player is the point. Uh, no, it's not. You think you're great. No, I'm, no I get, I I get the point. I get the point. I get the point. He made her feel so sad. Number seven. You know, fun story about the Stranglehold solo. When uh, Damnocracy, because they just played their songs that they had in their other bands, during uh, Ted Nugent's Stranglehold uh, solo, when he when played Damnocracy, played Stranglehold, Sebastian Bach went and got t-shirts and threw them in the crowd. Boy, that, that, that pissed off the Nuge. <laughs> Because that thing is fucking sacred. Yeah. Good moment. Go back and watch Damnocracy. It's wonderful. Okay. Number seven. What happened? Too many awkward conversations and reminders of the turd you were in high school. The turd you ate in high school, too, apparently. (laughs) They caused... A bit too caused a bit too much imbibing to dull the uncomfortable energy. You don't remember, but somehow you made it home. Now in bed you think, maybe in my younger days... I'd have popped up, oh, this is the morning, by the way. Uh, maybe in my younger days, I'd have popped up, grabbed a bowl of cereal, and got ready to do it again. Now, you aren't moving out of the bed that is inappropriately sheeted for a grown adult. It's hard. You went up with parents' houses, am I right? I get it. <laughs> All you can tell yourself is, I'm going to stop drinking. Which is, co- coincidentally, the name of the song by Pace Ashton Lord, a.k.a. Pal, from their 1977 album, Malice in Wonderland. A lot of coincidences It's, it's today, incredible Tom. how these song titles are just lining up with your narrative. Yeah. It's incredible. It's very coincidental. Yeah. I mean, let's give thanks to coincidences. That's thanks. what we, yeah. Thanks, coincidences. Uh, Pace Ashton Lord could have been anything. Elp? Lap? But instead they went with Pal. They were drummer Ian Pace and keyboardist John Lord from the newly broken up Deep Purple, along with Tony Ashton, a roving devil may care bon vivant. Wait, wait, I put his name twice. Along with a roving devil may care bon vivant by the name of Tony Ashton. It's just that good. You had to say it twice. Yeah. But wait, there's more. Pace Ashton Lord also had session bassist Paul Martinez and guitarist Bernie Madsen, who went on to work with White Snake and uh, co-wrote "Here I Go Again." Oh, interesting! So really, this band is Palm. 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 Mm. Uh, this album actually it actually isn't that bad. Just unremarkable. It came together as stupid groups often do because another large band broke up, and they were probably bitter. And in this case, it was Deep Purple. And now they have all this time to fill. Uh, it's really more of a manic stupor. 
And uh, of course it didn't go anywhere, but in 2001 it was re-released with 30 minutes of additional material that was intended for a second album. Yeah, people must have gone ape shit. Yeah. This wasn't good enough the first time, and it wasn't good enough to turn into a second album. So here you go. All right, this, this, this song, though, this is another one that isn't that bad. It's a little basic, but it's okay. I could hear, like, I could hear Rod Stewart in the faces doing a number like this, except looser and with more of a sense of humor. Yeah, these are actually not too bad, especially now I'm listening to them the second time and hearing stories. Oh, Chickenfoot's great. Yeah, they're fun groups. Yeah. Number six. All right, here we go. Eyes on the prize. Despite the hangover, you drank some water, you've taken a nap, you may or may not have puked, but get this, the lions are on, your mom keeps knocking on the door, saying, Wake it up! And the smell of buttercream, starches, and animal protein fills the air. Time to get up. Time to raise the dead. Which is coincidentally the name of this song by the Hollywood Vampires from the 2015 self-titled album. Yeah, it's, it's perfect. It, 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 it's like when I'm at Thanksgiving dinner, and I'm like, how did this turkey get in front of me? What a coincidence. It's the same kind of stuff going on here today, just the magic of the Lord, the way that he, he coincidentally made the pilgrims come to America. Yeah. And that's why we give thanks. And that's the, how, the, the same way these guys came together. Uh, but as you can tell, this is not very good. <laughs> and why? Uh, perhaps it's because there's a celebrity in the band. Yeah, Johnny Depp. Uh, honestly, he probably tried the hardest. The other core members are Alice Cooper and Joe Perry from Aerosmith. Uh, there's a shit ton of guests on this album, too, because there's a Hollywood celebrity in the band. You have Christopher Lee. He's good. He was in a great band. Oh, yeah. He's done real heavy metal, too. Yeah. Christopher Lee. Yeah. Brian Johnson, Perry Farrell, uh, Paul McCartney, Joe Walsh, uh, Robbie Krieger, Slash, Kip Winger. Whoa. Hell, yes. And uh, Dave Grohl. And most important of all, Abe Laboreal. No shit. Wait, what did Johnny Depp do in this band? Was he like played a guitar, guitar player? Oh, played guitar. Singer. Okay. He was always a guitar player. He actually played guitar at my uncle's nightclub in Miami, where he was also a bartender, according to my uncle, but I can't check the facts because he's dead. Um, hey, you might have noticed a lot of these songs are super proggy, and I think that's a super group symptom that uh, comes from that toxic we-can-do-anything attitude, along with the freedom of separating from your bandfather. Like, Joe Perry in this band is probably like, no more Steven Tyler holding me back. Here's a tune that's in 5-3 time, and then it shifts into 3-1000 time, and then 7 time, and then we just ride the groove. I hope you like number one hits, guys, because Hollywood vampires are going straight to the top without old Steven Tyler holding me back. Brother. Yeah, it's like being in the room with Aerosmith. <laughs> the the I think a lot of it has to do with they li they literally like get there and they're like I got like a minute and a half of something I'm working on and they and one guy gets done and it's like now you go <laughs> and that guy goes and then now you it's like and that then, campfire game where you start a spooky story and pass it around sentence by sentence yeah, yeah. or uh, and it's a terrible way, story it's always a terrible or the story. way they recorded guitar solos in uh, hearing aids were stars. How they do? Oh, yeah, yeah. Just somebody would start and they recorded. Um, I'm, I'm going to take a back seat for a minute. You go ahead, Hunter. Take a nap. <laughs> uh, so Hollywood, Vamp Hollywood Vampires is a reference to a 70s drinking club formed by Alice Cooper at the Rainbow on the Sunset Strip. 
in order to get in the club, you had to outdrink the other members, uh, who were the principal members were uh, Cooper, Keith Moon, Ringo Starr, Mickey Dolenz, and of course Harry Nilsson. Uh, the honorary members, I assume they drank enough, um, included uh, John Belushi, Mark Bolin, Keith Emerson, uh, John Lennon, Bernie Toppin, and Joe Walsh. And that club has more dead members than the 30th uh, high school reunion, am I right, people? <laughs> dead member because the men have gotten old. Yeah. And their they, penises they don't die. work anymore. Drank a lot. Oh, dead members. Oh, that's uh, what you meant. I thought you just members. meant. I thought you just meant. I thought you no. just meant that a bunch of those guys died from <laughs> fucking being alcoholics. No, no, that would be the 60th anniversary of your high school graduation. Anyway. More dead members than a bunch of 70 uh, year old guys on Coke. Ah, there you go. Maybe something along those lines. Still not there. Still not fired. Uh, but what a list of names. Yeah. Despite what Dave said. What a list of names, right? Yeah, no, I hate, man, you can list some names, bro. Yeah. First thought in your head when you hear those names, Ew. you put that to... <laughs> you, <laughs> you put that talent in a room and wow, what an album. Super, in fact... Right? No, that's a trap. That's what. That's where a stupor comes from. You get this. You get this album of mostly covers. You put those guys together. You get this shitty album, mostly covers and barely average originals. That's what you get. Yeah, this this song sounds like it's supposed to be way more fun than it actually is. Like when you go meet all your friends at a crowded bar, but then you can't hear what anyone's saying, and half of them are just on their phones anyway, and you're constantly in the way no matter where you stand. That's the level of fun that this song is. God, friendship. Am I right? I hear that. That sounds just like friendship. Sounds as frustrating as parenthood. Neither of us are missing anything. Weeks of this one, <laughs> like twenty. <clears throat> uh, what are what are we at? Eighty something, right? Yeah, it's under. It's under eighty-two. We're in the teens. Eighty-two. Okay. Um, what happened? Something happened. The music stopped. Oh, it's very no, dramatic it's a, it's music. It's a fucking musical Just throw number. On some chicken food. Um, it's cool. I remember this song being good. I remember this movie being good. What? I used to defend it vehemently. I used to go. I used to fucking love Moulin Rouge! Maybe I still like it, I don't know. I liked it at the time, I liked Love Actually before I actually understood what love was. Now I go back to Love Actually and it's trash. I bet I'd feel the same way about Moulin Rouge! The idea behind Moulin Rouge! Was that Baz Luhrmann is a visionary director, people are buying DVDs like crazy, so let's let him do whatever he wants. So Hollywood was eager to hear his pitch. Alright Baz, tell me what you're gonna make. So Baz clears his throat. <clears throat> you guys know this is the year 2000, right? Well, this story takes place in Paris, France, 1900, 100 years ago to the day. When the Moulin Rouge was the cultural epicenter of the world, the executives lean in. Baz continues. <laughs> And it's, and it's a jukebox musical with classic rock hits, and we cast movie stars who can't sing very good. Standing ovation, $50 million budget, lavish production, summer kickoff release date, box office bomb, best picture nod, best actress nod for Nicole Can't Sing Good Kidman. 
and 23-year-old J.D. Riznar, one summer removed from the disappointment that was the Phantom Menace, that had me thirsty for Ewan McGregor to redeem himself with quality entertainment for me. Moulin Rouge did all the quenching I needed. This was an intensely romantic film with a bunch of pining and forbiddens and just everything you want in a romance. And I thought this was just the most amazing version of your song I'd ever heard. Better than Elton John's. Well, I was wrong. <laughs> this is terrible. <laughs> Maybe it's I have to hear stupor. it. on some we're talking about today. Maybe I have to hear it in the context of the movie again. But this just isn't holding up for me. <laughs> you know, I've been a sappy guy lately, so this movie just might hold up, and I might fall in love with it all over again. But until then, let's just let this turd sit here. Don't eat it, Dave. You know, I'm reminded of uh, what the Germans call the... Hundekock and Pop Cicle, or what we would call the dog shit popsicle. And that's what this song sounds oui. like to me. Is that what is your freezer? Number five. You stay out of my freezer. All right. Well, the lions are losing. You're hydrated, but it's still not enough. The only thing bringing you back to humanity is what's inside your belly. Whipped up by the smell of a turkey and all the trimmings. The Hunger. Which is coincidentally the name of this song by Don Dokken from their 1990 album, Up From The Ashes. Wait, hold on there, Hunter. I heard you say a fella's name and then say there. Uh, Agent Hollywood Steve of the Federal Bureau of Grammar and Typos. I report a violation. JD, there is a perfectly acceptable construction if the individual in question is trans or genderqueer. But what, what if there's just a big group of people? But it's Don. Don isn't genderqueer. Guys, I mean, there is not, not a, we know there is not a transgender or genderqueer person in the world named Don. Nobody goes to that that's, name. Yeah, that's not what it is. Nobody keeps their name. Guys, maybe guys. D-A-W-N. Guys, Don Dockin is a band. What? Wait, what? It's a stupor group, guys. Okay, I'll tell you the story. So Don Dockin, the man. Uh-huh. Uh, he was, wait, where, where am I? Okay, here. Don Dockin, the man, he just left the band Dockin, the band, uh, which, on a day of coincidences, am I right, is the biggest of all. To, 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 to join the band that is your last name, a million to one odds. <laughs> million to one. We used to call the, that, um, my wacky friend Nick Butner had a word for that when we were in high school. It's called intermata. It's when the coincidence is so extreme that it blows your mind. Like it's so it's not just like you're singing a song, you turn the radio and the song's on. It's you're singing a song, you turn the radio on and it it starts off right where you were singing the song. That's intermata. Yeah. More than a coincidence, less than a miracle. <laughs> intermata. <laughs> yeah. Don Dockin moved here. My friends were the best. <laughs> I yeah. hate you guys. So, yeah, you're so really, much better. You really, uh, <laughs> you really uh, slipped downhill. <laughs> yeah. So Don Dockin, yeah, he moved to L.A., went to Guitar Center, and saw a strip of piece of paper. Said this band Dockin was looking for a guy in their band named Dockin, and he just happened to be there. That's what he was talking about. Unbelievable. Uh, anyways, uh, the Dockin broke up because of differences between Don and George Lynch. Lynch formed Lynch Mob. Lynch Mob, yeah. And so Don Dockin said, oh, yeah? You're going to use your last name now? Well, fuck you. I'm going to use my first name, too. And then he formed Don Dockin. <laughs> because nothing says metal like Don. <laughs> so what you yeah, say? Yeah, metal Don. 
So what you're saying is that this happened in the reverse of Alice Cooper, where Alice Cooper was originally the band name, but then was adopted by the lead singer when everyone just called him that. It went the opposite direction yeah, this time. Yeah, like, like Hootie. Yeah, kind of. Uh, so let's just so let's just call this band Don, because I don't want people to think Dokken is the same as Don Dokken, and I don't want people to think Don Dokken, the band, is the same as Don Dokken, the person. So let's just call these guys Don. Uh, it's 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 not just Don Dokken and Don. <laughs> it also included John Norm from Europe, bassist Peter Baltes, Baltz, Baltes from Accept, drummer uh, Mickey D from King Diamond, and Whoa. guitarist Billy White of the band Watchtower, oh. an influ- influential progressive metal band from Austin, Texas. Yeah, I've pretty heard of super, right? Yeah. And then they named themselves Don. <laughs> if, if I recall correctly, I think King Diamond was also technically the name of King Diamond's band, so there is a precedent here. You know, and I'm surprised that uh, this isn't number one on your Thanksgiving countdown. I can only imagine that the next four songs are going to be called Naps, Racist Uncle, <laughs> Gourd with a Bunch of Other Vegetables Spilling Out of It, and Turkey. Well, maybe. There's been a lot of coincidences. Yep. Uh, but back to Don. This album's not too bad. It even has a cameo from Glenn Hughes of Black Sabbath's best era. You know? Yeah, he was in uh, a lot of good bands. Not the Glenn Hughes that was the Leather Man and the Village People. Can't be clear enough about that. Okay. Different Glenn Hughes. Okay. Uh, the thing is, you already used your name. You just got a well-rounded metal supergroup together. Give yourself a sweet name. That's the problem here. That's why they're on this. Nope, you gave him Don. You got to be in a self-deluded stupor to think that was a good idea. This album and the band, ultimately, they fizzled out. But you'll be happy to know that 18 years later, Don Dockin, the man, got the most important members of the band back together, just himself, and tried to do it again. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> that was just Don Dawkins, the, the guy, not Don. So remember, while stupor groups are marked by one album offerings, you'll, you will find that some fall back into a stupor and think it's a good idea again. And you'll find these albums have a long period in between them. Uh, that version of Don could hardly be considered super. And uh, the next one that happened like 18 years later uh, was really just a true story album. So was it... So was it- was he was he the band Don Dokken or was he Don Dokken, the man? That, what do you have said there when describing his new album? His solo, oh man, I'm so good. This is, wow. He just, he did the most metal thing anyone's ever done. My mind is blown. I am, sh- I am mind blown. So for that, that, that next Don Dokken, <laughs> it was just him with just nameless people whoever he could bring in so it was really a true soul Don even though it's called Don Dokken he grabbed great players and put them in a band (laughs) this was supposed to be a band they were supposed to have multiple albums and go out on tour and whatnot. but is it like how Smashing Pumpkins now is just Billy Corgan and a bunch of Ruru's and then but it's a a band a bunch of what Ruru's What's that mean? It's a, a, a flim flams, riff raff. Oh, people give you the old Rudy do. Yeah. So did, anyway, anyway, I'm. Listen, we'll work this out later. I'll work this out just, later. Just this is Don. Yeah. Okay. A yeah. super group named. This is Don Dockin. Stupid is a super group named Don. You release another album under Don Dockin, which may, he may just be referring to himself, or he may be referring to the band. No, he's referring to himself. Okay. This is Don. 
This is not Dokken. This is Don. Ooh. And then he released Don Dokken. Oh, man. See, to me, this sounds like Don Dokken, the man, pulling a David Lee Roth and trying to base his solo career around replicating the sound of his old band. The problem here is that Dokken, the band, overall, had pretty middling hooks. Not that many really transcendently great songs. Like, they always sounded good and had great guitar work and everything. These don't always have the greatest material. So I can all I, I can totally see Don Dokken the man feeling right at home in this mediocre supergroup kind of environment. It's kind of what what his first band was anyway. Number four. It's really good. Talk about pulling the David Lee Roth. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, so here's the thing everyone forgets about stupid Thanksgiving. That smell, the delicious food, it happens in stages. Nothing is ever ready at once. You have to wait forever because there's never enough ovens or Uncle Ralph is still in the hospital and by the time it comes out, half of it's lukewarm. Uh, that's where you are right now, right here. The Lions game is over. They lost. Of course they did. You think to yourself, Christ, why isn't dinner ready? And it's not like I'm going to go in there and help because I'm still a turd person. So here I wait. Which coincidentally is the name of the song by GTR from their <laughs> 1986 album, GTR. Unbelievable. <laughs> yeah. A lot, there's a lot of dumb uh, names compounded by self-titled albums on this. Yeah, I mean, you told the cautionary tale of Damnocracy who spent too much time thinking about their name and failed to record one song. <laughs> These groups are barreling toward implosion. They have to shit out a name and focus on their genius-level skills at making mediocre music. Yeah, but GTR, that's a dumb name. Uh, and it's not, an, it's not a band formed by Gary, Terrence, and Roger. GTR, of course. It's just an abbreviated form of guitar. Because apparently they went, Oi! We need a name! Then looked at a mixer board and saw a piece of tape with GTR on it and said, Oi! What's that? And they said, It meant guitar. And they said, Oi! We got a name! <laughs> so GTR is British, obviously. Uh, and formed by the guitars, uh, the guitar Steves, How of Asia, and Hackett of uh, Genesis. They got drummer John Mover from post-punk prog band Marillion. Um, they were originally called Silmarillion, but they got sued. Oh, that's something we've gone in the state. <laughs> they should have been called Sued Marillion. <laughs> what if they'd been called Silly Marillion? That would have been good, too. Uh, or Millie... Uh, never mind. Millie, <laughs> Millie Marillion. Millie Marillion. There's also session bassist Phil Spaulding and vocalist Max Bacon, who should have been in a band called Maximum Bacon. But was in stuff called like Moby Dick and Nightwing. And don't forget, don't <laughs> Moby forget Dick his, was sweet. Don't forget his other bands, Phenomena and Bronze with no E. And is he still with us? He's still alive because it's not too late for Max ba Bacon to form Maximum Bacon. I'll help. I'll help you track down some musicians, Max. Just write us at beyondyachtrock at gmail.com. We'll hook you up with some musicians. We'll try and get the guys from Don Dawkins' most recent solo album. I, I figure they're probably available. Yeah, we'll get you. We'll get you going. Maximum Bacon's gonna be real. Yeah. So uh, these these guys have a, a lot going on. One, obviously, a dumb name. Um, they also uh, no no member of anyone would really say super. 
And, and this is a boring song. Uh, yet this album went gold. That's the stupid group, uh, stupid super group, Quadfecta. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but but this album did go gold. So, you know, shit happens. Jokes on us. <laughs> uh, still, this was a super group. Uh, the best anecdote comes from critic uh, J.D. Considine's album review in Musician. He's, he's my cousin. In Musician Magazine. In a very spinal tap manner, he simply wrote as a review of GTR, SHT. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, seriously, though, this album is for uh, people who think Sticks is edgy. <laughs> I, the interesting thing to me about this is Steve Hackett's solo albums, they tend to be a lot more proggy and meditative, like almost kind of new agey in spots. They got titles like Voyage of the Acolyte and Spectral Mornings. <laughs> So I can only assume he was looking around at all his former bandmates from the prog world making concise pop songs and thinking, hmm, I wonder how to make a radio hit. And the thing is, if you're going to go for this this borderline arena rock sound, you need much bigger hooks than this. None of these guys sit around and craft their material when they write. Mm -hmm. It's just all like jamming and they settle on... Like you were saying, you just kind of settle on whatever. All right, well, they need need to ask themselves more often, what of Anne Murray? And Anne, Anne Margaret. Uh-huh. Yeah. What a, how does she construct a hit? What of Anderson, Bruford, Wakeman, and Howe? Number three. Finally, dinner is served. Everyone is cranky from drinking the night before, being too hungry, or just being bitter from cooking all this food while no one lifting a goddamn finger. Even though you kept telling people, uh, telling people who asked, uh, no, it's okay, I got it. Uh, so while food is being eaten begrudgingly, Uncle Ralph, fresh from the ER, blurts out, Donald Trump is the best goddamn thing to happen to this country. Yeah, that's what I said. Which, coincidentally, is the name of the song by Eyes Adrift from their 2002 self-titled album. Donald Trump? Trump is the best thing that ever fucking happened in this country? Yep, that's what I said. That was the name of their... Donald Trump? Never mind. Okay, that's what I said. What I said is the name of the song. It's what you're saying. Yeah, what I said. It was coincidentally. (laughs) It's the shittiest who's on first ever. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. If you thought Vaudevillian was a little too edgy, there's who's on first for Ruru's. Hunter and uh, JD, everyone. That made my mind go adrift for a minute there. I'm still, I'm still thinking about Wakeman. Okay. Eyes Adrift. This album's not that bad. It's a little sleepy. But the thing is, when you hear the names, you're like, whoa, this is going to be crazy. You got to pick up this album and check it out. And it's not. Uh, Eyes Adrift is uh, Chris Novoselic from Nirvana, Kurt Kirkwood from the Meat Puppets, and Bud Goh, or Gaw, from the, the drummer from, and get this, Goff. Gaw? Goff? Do you know, you know his, the drummer from Sublime's last name? No, but there's a street in uh, San Francisco and it's pronounced Goff. Uh, can I? San Francisco. I say it's Bud. It's spelled- I say it's Bud Gaw. I say it's Bud Gug. Gug. <laughs> yeah. We'll go with Gug. But Bud Gug. <laughs> we'll go with Bud Gug. Bud Gug, the drummer, and get this from Sublime. Holy 1990s, am I right? I hear that. Hey guys, hey, it's me, Chris 
from Nirvana. Come join this new band with me. We're going to make mediocre Nirvana music. Trust me, I know all of Kurt Cobain's secrets. We're going to be huge. Like putting a T on the end of his name. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I heard, I heard that Novoselic is the Croatian word meaning in the right place at the right time. One time. Once. Not in this case. <laughs> Um, I agree with the course of this song. The course of this song says silence is better than nothing. It's ironic and oxymoronic for sure. But stupor groups defy math. <laughs> this is a rare occasion where some of the positive parts equal zero. <laughs> Therefore, I agree that silence is definitely better than nothing, and they all should have kept their uh, they all should have kept it in their pants. I, Good I, dismount. <laughs> I landed on my ball. <laughs> Ow! You landed on my ball. Still got a 10 from the Russian judge. He needed a good laugh. <laughs> I, 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 I listen to all this stuff on YouTube because most of it isn't on Spotify. And the only version I found of the earth... I shouldn't say the... The first version I found of the song was an acoustic performance. And uh, it really kind of exposes some of Kurt Kirkwood's uh, vocal limitations. I like this version a lot better. It's got enough electric rock here to kind of camouflage things a little bit. Um, yeah, this. so this is the album that really put the stupor group in my mind. Because uh, I found out that this existed, I don't know, eight years ago or something. And I was like, holy shit, I gotta find that album. Got all these guys that are from these crazy '90 bands. That this should sound good. This should be a, like a an amazing uh, explosion of terribleness. And it was just meh, mm -hmm. That's the worst. And uh, I was like, ah, oh, these guys, this is the opposite of a super group. This is why I started calling them fucking stupid groups. Uh, anyways, yeah, not much fun about this other than there's a song dedicated to John Benet Ramsey, <laughs> uh, sung by Chris Chris Novoselic. Also, despite picking the most pretentious name possible, in Australia, it was already taken. Uh, so they had to go by Bud, Kurt, and Chris. Uh, Kurt and Bud would later go on to form Volcano, leaving behind Chris. Uh, and uh, that album would flop because, uh, you know, uh, and this, uh, excuse me, this album would flop because uh, he didn't join them in their next band because he woke up from his stupor. Didn't he run for uh, city office? He ran for something or another. Yeah. 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 I got to say, Hunter, you're really introducing me to a forgotten world of mediocre music I never knew existed. Check out the Wikipedia page Super Group. Uh, yeah, it's oh, all in there. I mean, they're all there, oh, and boy. it's all mediocre. I mean, some <laughs> of them are famous groups, like Journey is considered a super group because it's formed from the ashes of Santana and some other stuff. But they eventually established their own identity. Right. Sometimes which most of these groups did not. Yeah, exactly. Um,. Yeah, going to that Wikipedia page is what put Don Doc Don on my radar because <laughs> yeah. I never would have considered that a, a, a super or super group. Yeah, yeah. Number two. Hi, yeah. Turn it up. <laughs> uh, listen, there's no reason to stay stay angry with your family. You don't see eye to eye politically or culturally. You're not. Uh, you're not going to move back home. They aren't going to move to where you are. Remember, you only have to do this once, maybe twice a year. It's not so terrible. And the food was okay. Just remember, you know, your family. Don't stay angry and just accept that you're bad for each other. Which, coincidentally, is the name of this song by Contraband from their 1990 
best self-titled album. I'm going to quit this podcast before God shoots me with a lightning bolt. This is... <laughs> I actually remember Contraband. Yeah, so, uh, sort of. Like, I remember them getting played on MTV. I just don't remember their actual music. Well, this is it. So far, Hunter has made lightning strike nine times. It uh, wasn't me. And I'm willing to bet Damn. it's going to be a tenth. I always saw Contraband just played that song, that repetitive song from the video game Contra. I was going to make the same joke. Ah, uh, love. Ah. <laughs> uh. uh. Yeah, Contraband. No, not from the video game Contra. Not the band from the video game Contra. Uh, it, it was the band we all wanted. Michael Schenker and Tracy oh, from Gun- the Michael Schenker group. Yeah, and, and, and from the Scorpions for a brief time. Uh, yeah, and Tracy Guns. They were both on guitar. Uh, Cher Peterson from Vixen on bass. Bobby Blotzer from Rat on drums. And Richard Black on vocals, who is, of course, from the band we all know and love, Shark Shark Island. Island, Of course. I looked into this a little bit. Um, Shark Island's 1986 debut album was called School Bus, spelled S apostrophe cool, B-U-S-S. It was released on the notorious Shark Island Limited label and included the classic hits Sex Drive, Puss in Boots, and Excess Marks the Spot. And despite all those factors aligning, Shark Island failed to be the greatest rock group of all time. I wonder what happened. Yeah. They need to run into a few more coincidences. Yeah. Uh, Steve. We failed. What a coincidence. (laughs) Steve, was Shark Island, uh, did that ever make uh, a lost hair? No, I I don't know a goddamn thing about them. What? Oh, shocked. I'm learning. I'm, lear- I'm learning as much as uh, as the rest of us are here today. All right, there's well, got to be a really, really dumb story behind their name. <laughs> I, maybe they went to an island and there's a bunch of sharks. Maybe it's a very maybe. Occam's maybe razor. they they wrote some fiction about going to an. Uh, I don't know. Listen, hey, what's cool? We need a cool name for a band. What's cool? Sharks. <laughs> Islands. <laughs> I think we got it. <laughs> Bingo. We're the best. It's because we're so much success previously in our other bands. This is obviously going to work. See, oh, wait, Shark. Wait, that wasn't a super group. <laughs> but no, Shark. No, yeah, no. Let me call Bobby Blotzer and see what he thinks. <laughs> yeah, it, yeah. actually, Shark Island. They came up with the name Shark Island very quickly, but it took them a really long time to come up with a school bus. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> these... So these guys, not Shark Island, but uh, Contraband, uh, they scored a hit in the UK with the cover of All the Way from Memphis by Mott the Hoople. That's a pretty good song. Yeah. In fact, most of the songs on this album are covers, including this one, which was originally put out by Shark Island. (laughs) Yes, the lead singer covered his own song with better musicians. (laughs) Well, that's... uh, Yeah. No, come on. Michael Shanker is... Yeah. Well, yeah, come on. That's going to be the best Have you guitars. heard School Bus? Have you heard MSG, the Michael Schenker group? <laughs> and its descendant, the Macaulay Schenker group? He was in UFO, yeah. Rock Bottom, one of the greatest guitar songs. Of all. Yeah, I, I'm a big fan of Michael Schenker. Yeah. They weren't going to find a better guitarist to hit a solo. Yeah, they don't get a bunch of dipshits for UFO. Uh, and the, the best thing is that even after he covers his song with much better musicians, it's still mediocre. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's, it, and when Michael, it's slightly more mediocre. Yeah, and I love Michael Schenker, but it, he what he brings to this it's, it's kind of this this at the time outdated AOR kind of pomp that that he tended to do really well, but it doesn't 
Again, the song doesn't have the hooks to support the sound that they're going for. To be fair to Michael Schenker, this was written for Shark Island. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure he, he did just whatever the on fuck it. he could with it. Hello, we are Shark Island. <laughs> Scream for me, West Valley Village. <laughs> if if Michael Schenker would have would have got his uh, shark fins on this, his, his shark mouth on this one, he probably would have made it a little cooler with the guitar solo. So, Shark Island fans, um, I don't know if you guys know this. But oh, we like, just lost all both. Of them. The men, the men all bring red flags, and the women bring blue flags. And then the lead singer at the middle of the concert goes, Let's put some chum in the water! And then they they wave their flags, and it looks like blood in the water, and then they say, Now we're gonna bite! And they really rock hard. Yeah. But God, I, want, I want this to be just so real. I know. Enough, enough about it's, Shark it's, Island. I'm sure it's way more interesting than the real thing. <laughs> Maybe we should just do a Shark Island genre. Um, so anyway, back to contraband. Uh, they they may have also had they may have had one or two original songs, not just covers. Uh, the only one I care about is called "Loud Guitars, Fast Cars, and Wild Wild Living," uh, which of course is also on the "If the Looks If Looks Could Kill" soundtrack. Oh, Richard Grieco, never a misstep. You know, mm-hmm. looks could kill. Am I the only one who's seen that movie? Yep. yep. Man, it was cool. Uh, fun fact about If Looks Could Kill, since I'm sick of talking about supergroups, uh, I have that album because David Foster has a couple of songs on it, and I had to give it a listen. Boy, sick of supergroups, I'm just getting into them. Well, but, but listen, anybody who, who just goes to get the if, the look, if Looks Could Kill soundtrack for David Foster songs, not worth it. Not at all. Uh, but Oh, sorry. I'm, sorry. I'm so sorry. No, it's okay. That was David Lee Roth's fault. No. I was just going to say... Uh, but uh, go get Shark Island. Hunter, I'm glad oh, that you Jesus. saved the one or two members of our audience who were going to run out and get the If Looks Could Kill soundtrack from doing so. Guys, there's a horrible story about the origin of the name Shark Island. <laughs> we'll put it we'll on the... <laughs> Save it for the Shark Island genre. Oh, God. <laughs> Number one. Oh my God! All right, you finally got your ass up and you did the dishes. Good for you. Who says we can't change? Uh, and uh, so maybe next year we'll be better. Am I right? But good news for everybody. Uh, they're all exhausted. Everyone's exhausted and ready for bed. And you have only two more, hopefully, stress three days of leftovers and terrible uh, cooking or home improvement shows. Ah, basic cable. <laughs> or hey, maybe something on the History Channel, like like that new blacksmith competition show. I watched that by myself a couple days ago. <laughs> Wonderful. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, just, uh, yeah, you know, you just need to tough it out and uh, soon enough you'll be able to say to your parents, Time to go to the airport, which coincidentally is not the name of this song. Oh, no! Uh, It's Take Me Back by Tinted Windows from their 2009 album, Urine Soaked Cumrag. Wait, no, it's self-titled. I'm sorry, they they also had a self-titled album. Sounds like somebody's using their cumrag incorrectly. Or mixed up their rags next to the bed. That's why you gotta label them, guys. It's actually, they got the name of that uh, same way that Shark Island got their name. I just found out. It's a big mix-up. I leave a story hanging. I want people rushing uh, to Google, like me, later on. 
Uh, now this is Tinted Windows, and this is from their self-titled album, Tinted Windows. Uh, let me remind you, I think the last six uh, stupid groups all had self-titled albums. It may have been seven or eight. I'm, I lost count. Oh, wait, Damnocracy didn't have an album. <laughs> so I think it's six. They left. They left us wanting more. Yeah. So, so this is a good part. Another reminder for super groups out there. You all you want to be super groups that are going to form after the, listening to this album or this episode. Remember, come up with a dumb name and then name your album that same dumb name. Mm-hmm. And a song with that dumb name may get you on our band album song show if we ever get around to doing that. That's true. Yeah. yeah good. Do it up. Three of. Uh, yeah, this is pure stupor. Uh, imagine the night of lame debauch that got these guys together. Tinted Windows is Taylor Hansen of Hansen, James Eha of Smashing Pumpkins, Adam Schlesinger uh, from Fountains of Wayne, and Bun E. Carlos from Cheap Trick. Hey, wait a yep. second, Taylor Hansen. Did you give me caffeinated tea? <laughs> Are you trying to get me into a stupor group with you? Because yes, I'm there. Um, I just, I like that they have the old guy in there. It's like old old man Rock got the whippersnappers and James Eha together to make super forgettable. Music. I think they needed someone to buy them beer. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I do know the story about about why Bunny Carlos is in this band. It's because I think it was James Eha said, "Man, we need a drummer that has the same shuffle or bounce as uh, as." As the dude from Cheap Trick, and so they said, "Let's call the dude from Cheap Trick." And he said, "I think it was, uh, it's hundred bucks a song, fifty if I like it." <laughs> that's great. That's a, the funnest fact of the whole song. Uh, the, th- the thing about this song is it's it's trying very hard to be melodic. You know, it puts the melody at the center, like all power pop. But when power pop doesn't really work. It's usually because the melody doesn't really flow that well. Like it never goes anywhere unexpected. The tunes all feel vaguely like they've been imported from bits and pieces of melodic ideas we've all heard a jillion times. Yeah, this sounds yeah, an awful lot like a damn Yankees song. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, it's like, <laughs> she was dressed to kill and looking dynamite. What song is that one? Uh, Coming of Age. Yeah. But what you, this song is from like re, this is recently, right? Yeah, 2009. Yeah, yeah well, I'm sure damn Yankees didn't invent it either. <laughs> uh, has anybody heard any of the like the more recent Hanson albums? Like I, I I've heard that I haven't got supposed to be. Of course we all have. I've heard that they're a decently solid power pop band in have their you been old age. To my wife? But <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I've never heard them. They were talented young men. Yeah, they were. Yeah, they wrote their own songs. Yeah. They were cool. Yeah, face I, it. I'm still trying to get through Richard Grieco's catalog. I haven't made it to Hanson yet. Um, good luck. Yeah, and so I see that this is like it's supposed to be an ex- experimental power pop album. Uh, like, let's all get all these power pop players and James Eha uh, together and see what kind of direction we can take this thing in, man. Because power pop it hasn't gone in a wacky direction in a while. Uh, yeah, Eha was quoted as saying, uh, "This is the best idea ever." Which is the type of hyperbole associated with a stupor. Nevertheless, this is the last song. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. And if you're listening to it... I wrote this in an hour and a half. If you're listening to this in another time of the year, then you can have Thanksgiving dinner because, like Hunter said, it's dumb that we don't do it every day. Uh, We should roast giant birds all the time, man. Um... 
Steve, why don't you go with what, what didn't come? Okay, well, now, now that I know where you found all of these, I, I had no idea how to even start researching what else while I was sitting at work today. So I, mean, I had like a half-joke answer, which was the Foxborough Hot Tubs, which is a super group containing the three guys from Green Day, two guys from Green Day's touring band, and one other guy from a band <laughs> called Prima Donna that I've never heard of. But... Did they coincidentally have a lot of songs about Thanksgiving? No. Uh, and also, their one album kind of sold okay, so it might not even qualify as a joke supergroup. Yeah, I went, uh, I went uh, the Wikipedia route um, and found a group called BLT. Uh, it included Jack Bruce of Cream, Bill Lorden of Sly and the Family Stone, and Robin Trower of Procol Harum. Uh, they had one album in 1980. I'm going to go out on a limb and say, uh, with the wah-wah pedals and down and dirty groove and anti-establishment attitude of the first track called Into Money, that this is the first ever grunge song. Take a listen sometime. Wow. Into Money by BLT. Oh. Uh, their album had a big old BLT Sammy on the cover, and it made me hungry to make a BLT, uh, where T stands for turkey instead of tomato. Uh, yeah. I have that with my Thanksgiving leftovers. Man. This guy called a club sandwich. This guy's loving maximum bacon over here. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with probably the most obvious one: the three tenors. <laughs> Fuck those guys. <laughs> those guys like to eat. <laughs> uh, they're not all fat. Anyway, um, uh, I'm sorry. I just I just tenor explained you. <laughs> Yeah, I already know my tenors. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry about that. Come here talking shit. Steve, what's next week? Well, JD, you took us on a trip to Canada. Hunter, you took us on a Thanksgiving trip. I'm going to take us to Britain with my uh, with the, the the genre I threatened to do a few episodes ago. Uh, the, the songs that are all too damn British, I'm going to call them song puddings. Hey, song puddings. Song puddings. That's a good title. Terrible name. It's great. It's brilliant. Uh, all right. Uh, lots of stuff going on over at the captain's blog. Uh, Sam Tonning. I think his name's Tonning. He started a rate. He started rating songs. I don't know if you guys have seen this yet or not, but he started rating songs in the Lukath score sale <laughs> scale. <laughs> <laughs> so he takes songs that Steve Lukather has played on uh, and y- Yacht Rock songs he's played on um, and <laughs> rates them on this six string scale. <laughs> rates them from one to six ninety nines. <laughs> <laughs> it's great. No, actually, each category gets one ninety nine, and he adds them up at the end. You get up to six ninety nines for the perfect Lukather song. <laughs> um, How does he rate the song ninety nine? Um, I don't know. He hasn't done it yet. Oh, wow. I, this might only be for Lukather pro- studio projects outside uh. of Toto. Because oh. um, one of the categories is like, how does this relate to Toto, or does it? They're all silly. Well, L- one Lukather, of them, Lukather's Lukather, hair is one of the categories. Sings ninety nine, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, huh. And uh, pretty sure they recorded that in a big old white studio where Bobby Kimball fucked a piano. <laughs> you gotta do something. Um we also there's a good article by Michael Sarno. He wrote an informative piece about the near implosion of Steely Dan's gaucho. Um and while you're at yarock.com, check out the merch booth, buy a t shirt, buttons, record totes, the trifecta of podcast fandom merchandise. Um, also, today's bumper is once again sent in by Jeff Selby. He just keeps pumping them in, uh, and he's run out of plugs, so he just wants to say nice things about other people, plug other people. So check out his friend's podcast, uh, The Out Entrepreneur with Rhodes Perry. 
It's the weekly podcast that features in-depth conversations with LGBTQ entrepreneurs from around the U.S. Wow, that is niche. Yeah. That is what podcasting is all yeah, about. Good for him. That sounds really cool. The Out Entrepreneur. Now I get the title. I didn't read this before. I read it cold. <laughs> it sounded very natural. Um, all right. I didn't do nicknames because uh, I, put, I wrote Could, this. Because you were busy putting time. together your episode. Yeah, last couple uh, nights ago. Um, find this week's Yacht Rock playlist by following J.D. Rizner on Spotify. Go to YachtRock.com for a useful experience. Go to YachtOnYacht.com. Take a look at our Yachtsky scale. Send questions via Twitter at Yacht Rock. Like Yacht Rock on Facebook. Follow Beyond Yacht Rock on Instagram. Rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. Themes by Rob Crow and Mark Rivers. Thank you, producer Matt Brousseau. Gave us nice little guards on our microphones so we don't bleed into yeah, each other's no, mics. No more bleeding. That's, Didn't work. That's why we sound great today. Didn't work. Uh, We're thanks. all looking at each other when we talk, so <laughs> yeah. thanks fucks to, it up. Thanks to the entire Fair Audio family. Uh, and check out other Fair Audio podcasts on the internet at feralaudio.com. Hurry up before they slow it down. Feral Audio.